Hey, everybody. We are discussing the American murder, the family next door, the Netflix television series. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to uh, just kind of knock it out real quick. It was not exactly a fun watch. It was not exactly a fun romp if you did get to uh, watch it. But, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for a couple people to hop on in. And uh, let's go ahead and get let's get on get started. All right. Um. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the Netflix television movie American Murder: The Family Next Door. American Murder: The Family Next Door is an American true crime documentary film directed by Jenny Pompel. The tell the, sorry the tell the film tells the story of the 2018 Watt family murders that took in that took place in Frederick, Colorado. It uses archival footage including social media posts, law enforcement recordings, text messages and home video footage to depict the events that occurred. Uh, released on September 30th, 2020. So I'll just go ahead and say up front that um, this is not a documentary for everyone. Um, This is a documentary about a very gruesome murder. uh, And if you are not into that true crime kind of stuff, I totally understand. This is not for you. I, I was in... Uh, a place where I just wanted to watch a lot of uh, uh, more positive uh, media just to kind of bring my spirits up. And so I totally understood why, no, you know, some people would not want to watch this. And so um, this is a documentary about the Watts family murders in the same style of uh, sort of like Searching the movie Searching had a, a great interpretation of uh, uh, of what a found footage movie really is. And given that we have cameras and footage, text messages, we have all of this police archived footage. It's just all over the board exactly uh, how much footage we we're, we're gonna have uh, for this individual um, case. Um, and so. Without going too much, I I always feel weird when I say, you know, talking about quote-unquote spoilers of a true crime, but there's some people that want to watch this and don't want to know exactly what happened, so I can totally respect that. Let me uh, run real quick to go make sure um, everything's muted real quick. Hold on two seconds. And just like that, I am back. So, sorry, I wanted to make sure that the uh, sound was all um, coming through clearly. I thought I was hearing like a a squeak out there or something. Um, But anyways, yes, this is 
uh, Netflix TV movie documentary that's probably going to come and go very quickly. The style of it is told in a way that feels like the victim is able to still talk to um, the crowd or the narrator or whoever is watching, the viewer. It feels like the uh, the victim is still able to be very much engaged in her own story. Um, so as you can hear, I'm going to start talking about uh, the case a little bit as we go. I'm not going to do like a quote unquote spoiler section. Cause I always feel like it's, it feels weird that we're even, I always say this, it always feels weird that we're using or we're talking about true crime in a way that feels like we're using it as entertainment, but we're also using it as, uh, uh, a way to learn to hopefully to help prevent this from ever happening again. And so, um, Let's uh, hop into the where to go. Um, I think we have the trailer right here. Oh, well, I'm definitely not letting that. Um, well, anyway, before the trailer starts, we'll get the uh, we'll talk about the uh, director. The director is um, Jenny Pompel, best known well for um, the previous uh, documentaries. She's uh, produced TV documentary, documentary shorts, and te- uh, TV series. Um, My Big Fat Gip- uh, Gypsy Wedding, uh, Jamie Drag Queen at 16, Head of Her Heels and Rats, si- Single Together, whatever. Um, so um, this is probably her biggest, most well-known piece of media that I can tell out of all of this that I've heard of. Um, and I would say pretty much the fact that it's, she's on Netflix. If you're on Netflix, you can have a relatively not mediocre piece of work, but you can have a, a piece of media that is, you know, something that people wouldn't normally pay attention to. But if it's in the top 10 of Netflix, people are talking about it. it's in the cultural zeitgeist for at least a week or something like that. So, yeah, the overall premise is uh, Chris Watts, the, uh, well, actually, we're not going to give him the, the, the first little bit. In 2018, 38-year-old Shannon Watts and her two youngest daughters disappeared in Colorado with heartbreaking details emerging. The family story made headlines around the world i'm still old enough to remember uh when this first happened and people had thought originally that she had run off with her daughters and it was uh not quite as bad as foul play as they had originally expected however things came to light relatively fast Um, we're going to start talking about this in full on case details as much as they showed in the uh, documentary. So I expect you to have either watched it or not care about what we're about to discuss um, from uh, the case details. Um, Chris Watts had a numerous, uh, numerous amounts of, uh, well, 
it's 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 hard to it's hard to really it's hard to really pin it. There are tons of these types of true crime stories that come to light, and I always say this up front that you know it's feels weird to say that this is exploitative of the victims. I don't think this specific uh, documentary was exploitive to the point where it was humanizing Chris. Um, I'm seeing kind of a backlash of this uh, documentary showing how good of a guy he was, but also not uh, kind of, but it's also kind of only going surface level with how bad the crimes were. Now, I mean, they do show you the locations of the crimes. They tell you how it happened. We don't see the crimes. And I think that it's not like I want to see how gruesome these crimes are at all. It's just, it's really, the entire thing is so messed up. It's just, it feels like there needs to be some sort of message that goes along with it that says, um, you know, these are the signs that you need to watch out. But the thing was, I didn't really feel like they had pointed at anything that said that this guy was going to snap, that this guy was going to be crazy, that this guy was going to um, just go completely off the off the deep end and, you know, kill his family and and not only to kill somebody, but to kill somebody for such a, uh, a minuscule reason of running away with another person. You're, it it was incredibly frustrating. And I think you can probably hear it in my voice and in my, um, in my review that I'm, uh, I'm troubled by it. I think that there's a lot of people out there that are also troubled by it. I saw on the first audience review is um, from Nicole Cohen, some uh, uh, an audience person online that it's uh, given given that they believe that Chris was humanized in this in this movie, and I don't think that. Chris was humanized. It's just that there is no upside to some, you know, stories like this. It's an incredibly difficult tale. Um, we, the movie flows through in a way that feels like, you know, we're going along with them and solving the crime along with them. And yes, that's somewhat enjoyable to an extent of, trying to find the 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 clues to figure out what happened to these people you know why is he so twitchy all the time and all the footage should we go back and look at our previous footage let's go back and look at neighbors footage i mean there's footage from everywhere um everyone's always recording i mean hell i'm recording now so it's just like there's tons of footage to go back on and look at and just see and replay what exactly happened to a certain extent. Obviously, we don't have a camera everywhere, but we have a camera in a lot of places. And so this documentary takes advantage of that. I think they do an, uh, an interesting job at kind of giving us this like 
slideshow Facebook slash background story for Shannon and her family and her kids. Um, uh, and the whole thing is showing how good of a father Chris was and then showing the deterioration of these two individuals as a family. And apparently there's a lot more that, uh, that is spoken about. Um, like this Nicole person says that Shannon was part of a pyramid scheme. Like, this, like, does that have any merit to it? Like, why is it even necessary to even put that in a review? That, 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 there's no reason to talk ill about these people of, of the things that they were involved in. What, I think needs to be reviewed is the way that the um, the way the story is executed and I think to an extent the text messages I think the text messages were between Shannon and her sister I believe talking about the deterioration of Chris Chris and uh, her marriage talking about how all she wanted was you know love and affection and you know, Chris wouldn't even give her the time of day, wouldn't have sex with her, just very, um, very normal things that you would think wouldn't lead for someone to go ape shit over, you know, wouldn't, not, not that Shannon was that, uh, the, there wasn't anything in the documentary up front with the exception of this, um, you know, other woman that did come into play for uh you know chris and so the um it, it it's hard to talk about honestly because i I'm, i start to think about you know trying to watch it from not even like an entertainment standpoint but just watching it from a learning standpoint the things you will learn from this are that this dude just cannot keep it in. He he was basically shaking from the first frame that he was on screen. And they have pretty much every frame of him for the three to... It was three to four days that it took them to really solve the entire murder. Um, Like, it took them almost no time. They did the polygraph test happening and then Chris just kind of breaking down in front of his father after he says he you know messed it up and then he tries to kind of get his you know wiggle his way out of it saying Shannon killed the kids and she killed Shannon because of it which is absolutely not uh, believable at all um and he you know trying to justify that and stuff like that I was just like this guy is an absolute monster like I was trying to think of you know, what was going on the entire time. And I just, I couldn't exactly pinpoint it. What is that on screen? Hold on. Oh, stream elements. Sorry. I was looking at, uh, oh, it's the, uh, it's the chat. Oh, I was like, why is stream elements on screen? I was like, what the hell is that? Anyways. Um, but yeah, so, the overall style of the documentary does, a, you know, about a seven out of ten of a job. You know, it's it's not fantastic. It's there's there's obviously not a happy ending. 
they come to the conclusion that this guy's, you know, essentially everything. I mean, they basically say he's crazy. I don't even, I don't even know how to explain something like that. Like just your lust for someone or something becomes so ridiculous that you have to resort to like uh, a method that isn't that that is just the most heinous of all. Like I, I don't feel, I still feel like there's something about this documentary that is missing. Like it's, it feels emotionally manipulative when it's showing all of these photos and all of these, um, you know, uh, Facebook posts from Chris and his family. And then from, from that, it's like, he's having to explain where his wife is and where he had killed where he had, you know, left his kids. And it, it's like this cross editing that they'll do in between the entire documentary that, you know, they'll give a little bit of the backstory. Then they'll show a little bit of the murder. Then they'll give a little bit of the backstory. Then they'll show a little bit of the, there's still something about, I just feel like it, it does not, sat it, it doesn't sit right with me for some reason i don't know maybe it's certain people will benefit from this more than others i'm i still think it might be too soon for me to watch this kind of stuff i'm still trying to watch some you know good stuff like look at this bullshit right here chris watts corresponding with women from his prison cell like get the shit out of here like things like the tiger king things like the ted bundy documentary uh you know Obviously, Tiger King's probably a little bit more relevant, but um, those documentaries always kind of uh, make you go back and look at that person and give give too much daylight to that person in a way. I I I I differ on how you're supposed to look back on some of these, you know, horrible murders. Um, you know, it's it. it it's a shame because I feel like it over it makes it overshadow the victims and the families that have been lost and destroyed in this um, documentary. Like my my big thing is, I think Aaron Hernandez documentary was the other one I was talking about. That you need to have an equal amount of screen time. Or it just feels like you should have an equal amount of screen time to the victims as you do to the the murder, but for some reason, because of the way you know cultural culture works, that the murder always seems to get way more of the uh, attention, and and you see shit like this. This is just pissing me off. Um, what else is happening in here? Oh goodness, I I. I didn't, it was hard for me to just go back and talk about this entire murder. I don't really want to talk about it. I mean, he, um, I'll, I'll straight up say it for anyone that didn't see it. He, it seems that he strangled his wife and possibly his kids. And then he buried his wife near his work and, or at his work near an oil rig and then put his kids in, uh, oil drums. Um, yeah, it is. It's unspeakable what this guy did that 
it's just upsetting and uh, it's just depressing to even think about my lord um this asshole you know um But I will say some of the things I did like from the technical st side of the documentary were the uh, text messages that they had um, going between, you know, Shannon and I believe it was her sister. Those were very effective in kind of giving her a voice, um, the photos, the videos. She had given a lot of videos uh, of her life on Facebook. And I, I try to tell people that you don't want to post too much to Facebook now because it's just like everyone knows everything now. It's just uh, the, the amount of footage that we have on people is just insane. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the good things I did like were the fact that we could kind of give Shannon a voice. Um, I don't think this guy was... I, I, I don't care how much you make him look good or bad i think there will always be this bullshit from you know uh you know people corresponding with him in prison because they find him fascinating they just want that attention um it, it's not the first time it's happened and it's not the last time it's happened what was it charlie charlie manson or whatever uh charles manson that that guy had many women corresponding with him while he was in prison it's it's not unheard of it's it, some of the most famous and wor you know worst crimes ever have had people that were still interested in them and it's just like oh um music uh not in t name Nantia dazi i think uh, i don't know i'm sorry if i said that wrong um mispronounced it i uh i enjoyed the music it wasn't too emotionally manipulative like i think some of the the editing was in a way it would you know he would talk about him murdering his kids and then all of a sudden show his kids it's like oh my gosh it's just it's like really intense and uh yeah and they did it with limited amount of drone shots i always say <laughs> uh the biggest waste of time that i feel like was uh the michael jackson documentary not too long ago had about two hours of drone shots of his estate. I was just exhausted from watching the outside of it. Um, not too many drone shots, and the drone shots were um, with reason. I thought that the reason, the reasoning for having the drone shots were of the sites of uh, his house, of the sites of the the, the murders, um, where the bodies were found, that type of thing. Um, they were places that they really needed to be. And given that you're in Colorado, you can get some pretty good footage as well. It's it's hard to shoot bad in Colorado. Um, but is there anything else that I really want to talk about? This is something that I just wanted to get off my chest, watch it once, tell everyone, yes, this is a movie. No, I probably will never revisit it again. It's just going to kind of go in uh, the catalog with all these other um, documentaries. The, the one thing that I will say is it gives a voice to the vic to one of the main victims obviously the the girls um you know rip um but the uh his wife shanon uh damn it it's 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 even hard to talk about right now let's uh let's let's hop on to something a little bit more uh uh lighthearted let's see let's let's close this out real quick all right. Uh, thank you for listening, watching, 
Lucky Doll Podcast. Um, yeah, you see this Netflix documentary leaves viewers disturbed. I felt, I, I felt like depressed after watching this a little bit. Like I was really, really down in the dumps. And this is exactly why I've been watching uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender for the past uh, month and a half, and I jumped into Legend of Korra because I needed to just escape this this hell that we're living in right now. Um, and, you know, just having these movies remind us of how terrible the world can be at some point. Sometimes it's just like, ugh, it's too much. But um, that, that, that I think this is also an example of bad timing of a movie. Um, you know, not everyone's in the, the best mood right now to watch this kind of stuff, in my opinion. I could have gone another year without seeing any of these kind of documentaries. Um, but yes, um, I will say uh, Kelly did watch um, some of the movie as well. And she said it was important that... Um, it was important that this documentary was made. And I just want to give her a little bit of a voice on here as well, just to say that uh, I was going to have her on the podcast, but she's not here at this moment. Um, she did say she enjoys, enjoyed the movie probably a little bit more than me to the point where she thinks it was important for other women to see how the deterioration of the, uh, the marriage happened and that it's, uh, it's very natural in progression. And, you know, obviously it's not fair. Um, I, hope that kind of gives a little bit of a, a voice for her right now. If she hops on, I'll uh, leave the sound bite on the SoundCloud um, SoundCloud review. Um, when I upload this to SoundCloud, it'll be probably updated there. So, yeah, um, let me know what y'all thought of uh, Netflix's American Murder, The Family Next Door. Um, let me know what you thought about the podcast. Could we do a, a little bit better of a job? Did we talk about the technicals enough? Did we talk about the emotional parts about the movie enough? Um, yeah, what'd you what'd you think about it? And uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's about it.